Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. It's Dave, the IT guy. I'm back from Las Vegas. Man, what a week. 112 degrees. Black hat. Diana Initiative. B-Sides Las Vegas. And, of course, DEFCON. I got to tell you, this year, a lot of new things, a lot of opportunities, a, a few new aggravations. We'll get to those. And then at the end of this episode, I actually want to talk about something that most of us on the pen test and hacker side of this thing knows about. But I get to speak to someone who is actually doing it. And we'll talk about what it is here in just a little bit. But first off, let's get to going. Let's get to going. Listen to me. I'm all excited. I can't even talk. Let's get started with uh, Black Hat and what that was all about this year, for me at least. And, of course, for those that don't know, Black Hat uh, starts officially on a, uh, a Wednesday, Thursday. Tuesday, you have some intro stuff. Um, if you pay for trainings, you actually get to go out the Saturday beforehand and you get to do some training. So usually Saturday, Sunday, or possibly Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, depends on which class you sign up for. You can train. Some of these trainings are just learning how to do stuff. Some of the training is geared towards earning a certification. So again, just depends on what you want to do, but there are boatloads of opportunities for training and usually if you buy a training pass that also gets you into the rest of the event uh, the vendor village stuff and the uh, the other presentations called briefings for me I don't go out uh, for the trainings I go out as a member of the media so I go out to meet folks and those folks are vendors yes um, presenters researchers and just people I meet in the hallway this year I took it upon myself to make sure I met people that I'm following on Twitter or other social media that I have never met in the past and I had an opportunity to actually meet a young lady from my own hometown of Cincinnati uh, her Twitter handle is at gab smash that's two H's on the end and uh, she is unique person um, young lady uh, genetic scientist or something like that um, she is uh, spoke as a featured speaker at the Diana initiative which we'll talk about here in just a few moments she's a pen tester works for a major cybersecurity company who I won't mention I'll let her tell that story if she wants to by and large though very uh very well-rounded IT cybersecurity person and the fact that she is female doesn't change anything 
However, when I spoke to her, and if you go back and look at my other episodes, you'll find a 15-minute interview I did with her on the spot out there. Her being in the field uh, certainly has created its own, or presented at least, its own set of challenges or aggravations. People assuming she's a sales rep for a tech company or uh, maybe the model for a booth or something like that. You know what I mean? So uh, she's very... Uh, very acutely aware of how uh, females in the cybersecurity world are viewed and uh, as a brief hint that's exactly what the Diana initiative is all about helping uh, females uh, young and old career changers uh, new high school students decide how to get into the cybersec world and uh, or the IT world as a whole and uh, we'll get to that but so out there at the at Black Hat Um, opportunity to meet folks Uh, I interviewed a few I just sit around and talk to a bunch actually even spent some time going down to vendor village and uh, you know of course they want to scan your badge and they want to send you a bunch of emails afterwards trying to get you to buy stuff and I have to remind them I'm there as media not as an IT person I'm not there to represent the company I work for during the day I'm there to uh, represent myself as media and to learn and to present what I learned to you guys. This year, many, many of the vendors out there are, you know, of course, they're always telling you the AI and machine learning and all the other buzzwords that come from those industry sales reps. But when you get past those folks and you actually are able to speak to the techs, the engineers, the developers, um, understand what they were trying to do when they created a product or a service or you know modified some solution in some way being able to understand from that point of view is awesome you know oftentimes in this field we we grab a tool and we're thinking man what the hell were they thinking and why did they do it this way and why would they do that or whatever it is So I took the time to go and reach out, and I spoke to people from Palo Alto, from Cisco. Um, Who else? Uh, Those are the two. I mean, those are the two I really wanted to go talk to. I met uh, some folks from Exabeam, the SIM company. I met uh, just a wide variety of folks uh, doing a wide variety of things. Um, I met uh, some people that work for the FBI. The FBI had a booth out there that they were actively recruiting from. And uh, so I got to talk to them to understand, you know, how they see uh, the cybersecurity world from the law enforcement side versus how we might see it as um, pen testers or as hackers or red teamers, blue teamers, etc. I also get to meet uh, folks that are, you know, just everyday IT people um, trying to learn um, going over to the demo uh, area uh, which is called Arsenal at Black Hat is exciting you have a very cramped space you have a lot of up and coming companies or researchers who are just trying to show you the research they've done or a small product open source or for profit uh, that they've created And being able to sit there in real time and and see their passion for what they've done and uh, to understand what they're trying to do uh, was exciting as well. 
And I've done that in the past, but for some reason this year struck me as a more exciting year um, as far as the folks running their arsenal uh, demonstrations, how excited they were about their stuff, seemed to be just at a different level this year. But I want to take a minute and go back to talking about uh, to some of these developers and uh, company leadership, uh, you know, executives and, and people who wanted to tell me the whys and the and the thought process behind what they were doing. And I have to tell you that I walked away this year with a much much better understanding and honestly appreciation for even some of the products that I use day to day. You know, I got to talk to Tenable's people about how, you know, Nessus went from open source to a paid thing and I got to talk, to, you know, to them about their .io and .sc uh, product platforms and really understanding what their intent was and, and why they're going to a paid model. Of course, the obvious, they want to make money, um, but also m taking uh, their original product, Nessus, um, to the for-profit platform um, really gave them an avenue to develop some very, very robust tertiary tools that work in the .io and .sc platforms for them. So one example, um, you know, Palo, uh, they recognize quickly that, you know, you, it's hard to be an all-in-one company uh, for everybody. But as they started buying companies and even most recently uh, buying Demisto, um, the um, orchestration company, and integrating that into their um, environment and ecology for the Palo world uh, was very interesting to see how they viewed what they did and um, the re-architecting and re-engineering that they did so that many of these companies that they bought would be a very uh, seamless piece of the Palo world. And, and Cisco did the same and some of these other companies. So for those of you who normally view um, Black Hat as, you know, I don't want to go deal with these damn vendors or sales reps and stuff like that. You know, I, I would say that if you're heading out to Vegas for any of the other conferences, you certainly don't want to miss those. But um, if you have the opportunity to head over to Black Hat, um, it's probably a good opportunity for you to meet vendors if you are in the market for a new product or service and having an opportunity to have them all in one space and just spend time, you know, you can really spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. They will, they'll, they'll give you a whole day if that's what you want, um, or hours, or just minutes. So I just wanted to kind of deflect some of that, that thought process that even I had about having, uh, don't, I don't want to go near these vendors, right? Of course, the briefings at Black Hat are... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, just becoming heads and above, heads and shoulders above you know, what they used to be, you know, that these people now that are putting CFPs in to present their research are freaking amazing people. And, um, 
you have to really map out what you want to visit and what you want to listen to before the week even starts. You know, there is so much content. There are so many. And thankfully, um, that stuff gets filmed, all of it, and it gets put online. You can buy a subscription to just watch all the presentations on the Black Hat Media site, uh, which, you know, is probably not a bad idea for most people either. So, and then one last shout-out, the the folks, Grifter, I want to shout him out uh, especially, but all of his volunteers and teammates that run... Um, black hats knock you know they do a kick-ass job they come in they set up an entire world of land with various uh, vendor partners you know ruckus and uh, palo alto and a few others to uh, make sure that people will have an opportunity to learn and do things but yet you know stay safe and not do anything too stupid on the network and uh, even this year, I heard a story about somebody that was at training who had their personal laptop there, who had used a VPN and was sending some financial documents out. And those documents showed up in the clear on the Black Hat network. Black Hat's people immediately identified that, immediately identified the machine, figured out the user's email name and password because he typed it in the clear although he thought it was encrypted on VPN. And they were able to hurry and go and identify where that person was in the building and uh, educate him on the fact that even though he thought his VPN was working properly, it was leaking data. And uh, ultimately, it looked like he had a um, a uh, dual-homed VPN, you know, that split tunnel uh, going on. So, again, man... They just so grifter. Uh, kudos to you and your team again. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, this is probably twenty years for him, and uh, and many of his teammates have been around for um, pretty close the whole time as well. So, great job as always to those guys, keeping everybody safe, and for another effective uh, black hat. So let's jump over to um, to Diana Initiative. So this thing this year was the second year uh this event is geared towards females uh teenagers younger uh, girls up to career changing career women and offered the opportunity of of female speakers and a female audience away from you know the male audience um and the real uh or perceived um, embarrassment of trying to get in this field and not wanting to uh, have to adjust being a female as well. But either way, those ladies put on an outstanding event. Now, I did not get to go this year. I went last year to meet the organizers and to see how they were set up. And it was amazing then. This year, uh, Gabby, our at Gab Smash person I spoke of already, was a featured speaker at their event. And the list of speakers this year was outstanding. As I heard it from other people who did attend, the event went off awesomely and without a hitch. So congratulations to them for year number two. If you are female and you think that uh, I don't want to go out there and I can't hack with the best, I don't know what I'm doing, etc., 
guess what? Head over to the Diana Initiative. Check them out online, um, dianainitiative.com, and um, and go visit with them and just be kind of chill. Uh, go learn around other uh, females and enjoy doing what you want. And if you want to be in the IT field or the security sector or whatever you want to do, go do it. Don't let some guy or some male or some preconceived notion about your gender or gender identity make some make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, Diana Initiative is the place for you. I also want to talk about B-Size Las Vegas. Uh, again, another great event this year, I heard. You know, the originators of B-Sides. Um, if you volunteer out there, you can get a free ticket to go. Uh, if you hook up and uh, either buy tickets, you know, you can uh, sign up on their site for their hotel block. And you get some great discounts. You know, Vegas hotels have resort fees and stuff like that. You get your hotel under the uh, the B-Sides block. You get two free tickets to B-Sides. And um, you also don't pay hotel fees. It's great. So B-Sides, not much to say about them because they're just awesome. All the B-Sides events around the country have exploded. You know, having local, small, you know, uh, speakers who are more regional to you, except for Vegas, it's kind of a different story. But, you know, Cincinnati B-Sides, Washington, D.C., Raleigh, Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, there's B-Sides all over the place. You know, they find regional local speakers to talk about things that are happening to them in their area. Look it up online. Go find you a B-Sides in your neighborhood and go check them out. Go enjoy learning from people in your own community and be a speaker. Share what you know. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be perfect. You just feel comfortable about what you know or you want to share an experience and how you fixed it whatever reach out to the b-sides organizers in your area and tell them i want to share my story i've got something i think other people would want to hear about and uh, be a part of the solution helping everybody stay more secure so besides vegas great job as always one of my friends was out there as one of your volunteers and absolutely loved his time there so great job great job all right let's talk about defcon and then i'm going to talk about uh an attack vector that we all know about anyway uh but defcon 27 was here in 2019 uh, bigger in a few ways um bigger basically because um they they added stuff you know we added ethics village uh which kicked off well you had a blue team and a red team village, uh, depending on what you like to do. Uh, car Hacking Village added three cars, physical cars, into the village for you to uh, work against. Uh, Voting Village had some great opportunities and great ideas. Even DARPA brought in a voting machine that ultimately you couldn't hack against because they had some problems just getting the thing to turn on and connect to external sources. But... They have vowed to come back in 2020. So even that will get bigger. As far as I'm concerned, uh, DEF CON will always be the premier uh, hacker thing to do. Uh, the only thing I did personally did not like this year was the location. It's still in Vegas, of course. But Caesar's Palace had all the space that, that DEF CON needed under one big roof. Whereas this year, because of last year's issues with Caesar's, 
they actually moved to another Caesar's owned property. So it was split up between uh, the Paris, Bowie's, Planet Hollywood, and the Flamingo. And uh, lots of walking. In some cases, you had to go outside to get, to get from point A to point B. You had to go up and over uh, the walkways over traffic, things like that. I saw several people on crutches, uh, wheelchairs, and other uh, limited mobility type of things, like uh, those little carts that you put your knee on when your foot is hurt and you scoot your way across the floor or whatever. So lots of folks having some issues getting from A to B and or missing some of the uh, DEF CON events because of said uh, location and uh, the difficulties in moving around. By looking at the DEF CON dates for 2020, it is August 6th through the 9th. It's going to be at the New Caesars Forum, so it looks like they're moving back a little bit. Uh, Harrah's Link and Flamingo. So it looks like they're taking Bowie's and um, Planet Hollywood out of the equation for next year. So hopefully that'll make it a little bit better. And uh, for those that uh, have issues, you know, that, that'll resolve some of that for them. But uh, August 6th through the 9th in 2020 in Vegas, uh, the room blocks are already up online. If you want to go out to uh, DEFCON.org and check that out and get yourself a room. I personally am not a Hotel Vegas Strip guy, so I tend to get Airbnb uh, housing a little bit off strip. Yes, I have to drive or take an Uber, but for me, I just like it better than being on the strip, so it works out for me well. may not work that way for everybody. If you like the hubbub and being right there on top of things and or honestly just being close to your room like that, uh, there is that benefit. So um, there are good reasons to stay local just depends on what you like um but again opportunities to meet people do things one thing i didn't say about uh black hat and defcon after parties my gosh if you really really want to get to know people check out you know the with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After parties pages for both events and uh, sign up, register, whatever, to go to these things. Um... Sometimes you have to be invited. Sometimes uh, you just simply signing up gets you in. Uh, sometimes you have to have a badge, you know, that you, shows that you were an attendee at these events. Um, but once you get to these parties, the, the people that you meet are insanely awesome and, you know, much more relaxed. Everybody's got a drink or two or at least a soda, something, you know, got some food in them. They're sitting around rest, relaxing a little bit. Uh, they're comfortable and just having some fun. I got to attend a party, and I'm not going to name drop or anything like that, but um, a well-known person uh, in the security field who is the founder of a couple security companies, and his staff had a private uh, home in Vegas. Uh, I, I would dare call it a private mansion. Um, 
it was awesome. Pool party, DJ, uh, food, bartenders, game room, and great people, great conversation. I met so many people there that that I, I heard about and never met in person that that I almost walked around starstruck. I've been in this field 20 years. I've been a professional hacker, pen tester, researcher for the last 10 of them. And still, I felt like I was going to my first rock concert and getting a guitar pick from, from Gene Simmons or whoever, you know, as a kid. It was amazing. Uh, so taking photos of some of these folks, meeting them, shaking their hand, um, you know, and just having an opportunity to talk to them and, and learn about who they are and what they're all about that you can't really learn from a Twitter page or from um, online stuff uh, was outstanding. So you guys know who you are. I said thank you many times. I'm going to say it again. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your world that week. It was awesome. And to the other attendees, um, if you didn't get a chance to go to many of these parties, there are so many, you know, multiple parties a day, um, don't short yourself on the experiences. Get out, have some fun, um, you know, drop the technology for a little while and just go enjoy being a human. You know, that's partly our problem in this field is that we all get so disconnected from human interaction because all of our interaction is electronic. So take a, a time, disconnect, meet people face to face and, you know, don't wait to Black Hat and Dev kind of do that. You know, do that crap every day, you know, weekly, do something, but make sure you don't lose that skill in and of itself of just how to be a nice human being to be around and, you know, not a douchebag to be around because there are definitely plenty of those at these events. So don't be a douchebag is my new trending hashtag. Don't be a douchebag. There you go. All right. So I'd like to spend the last uh, few minutes of this episode talking about uh, an attack vector that, again, most of us know, have heard about. Maybe we've tried it. Maybe we haven't. Maybe we don't give much uh, credence to it. Uh, maybe we don't pay much attention to it. Uh, maybe you do pay a lot of attention to it. And what I'm talking about is printer vulnerabilities. You know, printers, by and large, are often ignored. There are many reports out there, uh, I read one just recently, that said most IT security people don't even think that the printers in their environment are uh, a platform they need to worry about. 17% of the people surveyed said, yes, we, we pay attention to our printer platform. 17%. And that was a pretty major uh, research article that was written. So if you're one of the 17%, I applaud you. I was not, to be honest. I, I wasn't part of the research, but had I been, I would not have taken the printer uh, platform as seriously as I should have. I can tell you that in that same report, the most secure devices and the one printer company that takes printer security and platform security the most serious is HP. They were ranked great. Um, there's only HP was in every category, and a couple of other printing companies were in others. But when it comes to um, how 
HP focuses on printers. Let me give you a few bullet points. Runtime intrusion detection with self-healing. Instant on security. Secure booting with self-healing. Those are only HP functions. HP and Lexmark have device-level SIM integration. So if you have a SIM and you have HP and Lexmark printers, you can integrate those into your SIM for research and data correlation. If you have an HP at Lexmark or Kyocera, Kyocera, depending on your pronunciation, those have turn on and off remote firmware upgrade, meaning you turn it on, you get your firmware upgrade, and it automatically turns itself right back off so that somebody's not jumping in and uh, uploading fake firmware to your stuff. Only HP and Xerox have full print device security administrator notification capabilities. So effectively, that just means you know you can shut down or lock down that security, uh, you know, your administrator uh, login info, and um, and then be notified if somebody's trying to mess with it, trying to brute force it or whatever. And by the way, if you have a printer that is web or network connected on your network, and you have not changed the default admin password, what the hell is wrong with you? I at least do that much myself. Turn, change the dang password. You're driving me nuts, people. Driving me nuts. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then lastly, only HP and the Kyocera are U.S. NIST uh, included. So you, the NIST uh, organization has a checklist um, about printers, and only HP and Kyocera are on uh, are included in the U.S. NIST checklist. So. Um, HP has sure start built into their BIOS, um, which basically checks its own health and how it operates. Um, so, again, every t- every category I said HP's in it, and then you know some categories HP and one other organization or one or two others are a part of it. But HP is a part of everything. So when it comes to security printer security I should say um, you want to you want to take a look at your stuff and if you've got something uh, other than HP you really are going to need to take a look at how it's configured and you're going to have to manually go in and harden these things HP's got some automated tools that let you um, you know go in from one central console and administrate all of your printers so you can do some stuff um Kyocera, I think, has that capability. Uh, Lexmark might, I'm not sure. Um, but you're going to have to go in and manually do it versus having some automation like uh, HP. So if you do have HP printers uh, in your environment, then you need to check them out and make sure that everything is set correctly to meet your needs and your standards. Um, yeah, so let's talk about for a minute how these printers can be used. You know, one of the first, not first, one of the more recent, I should say, uh, attacks per se, was um, a guy, uh, uh, we think it's a guy, don't really know. Um, it goes by the name Stack Overflowing. He did a cyber, he or she, did a, uh, an attack against uh, about 150,000 printers um, and effectively just sent them a print job that basically says, you're now a part of the Flaming Botnet 
or the pwned or any used some ASCII art um, and set other to other printers close the port skid you know so yeah it's um, yeah it's easy to do um, you only have to look for internet printing protocols uh, line printer daemons and uh, port 9100 of course we all know about the one website that goes out and looks for this kind of stuff you know, I'm not trying to make it too easy. If I have a bad actor listening to this podcast, I'm not going to give you all the details about how to affect an attack using printers. But if you're in the field, you already know. Um, but, yeah, so you want to lock your stuff down because you don't want to show up on that one well-known website that uh, monitors these kinds of things for people to say, hey, there's an open, there's an open printer right over there. What can I do with it? And um, a lot of these printers have storage space, so of course, people can upload some bad files and then launch those bad files from that space. Um, you can launch uh, denial of service attacks, even if you only launch a denial of service attack against the printer itself. Uh, depending on whose printer it is and what it prints out, that still could be a very bad thing. Imagine. Uh, if you launched a denial of service against the printers of one of these well-known printing services retail organizations and then all of a sudden they cannot print all their customer stuff because they have a denial of service attack that would be a problem so for those of you that work in those industries and you are maybe a clerk you don't know crap about security not really sure why you'd be listening to this podcast if that's the case but if that is the case Reach out to your IT people and make sure they are locking your stuff down, uh, making sure that they are paying attention to how that works. A hacker could also get in there and retrieve. Every time a printer prints something, uh, an artifact of that print job lands in memory and kind of stays there. So, you know, a, a skilled hacker could log in and retrieve those artifacts, reprint them, uh, to their own printer and then now maybe confidential documents that you've printed things that were only intended for certain people are now available to the hacker and anybody that hacker wants to sell or give it to these uh, these things also run like web servers and stuff so uh, a hacker could if, if he has a wider range of access to your network could actually uh, host a small uh, website or something off of that uh, if he has access to your firewalls he could uh, NAT into there and then allow your printer to serve as command and control for some other botnet or some other malware infection and everybody's beaconing back to your lonely printer sitting in the basement that you forgot was even there so a lot of options a lot of methodologies that uh, printers can be problematic Many of us just kind of plug them in and go. We map printers on our uh, print server, or maybe we just map them via IP address to each individual user. But whatever your method is, if you're not taking the time to change the default administrator passwords on them, if you're not taking the time to make sure that they are properly secured, then you are probably just one attack away from being reminded why you should have paid attention. So there it is, my, my commentary about printers. And the reason, again, that I brought that up was during my uh, couple of days at DEF CON this year, I met someone who was doing some research. And 
part of his research was he wanted to see how, how much he could abuse a printer as a platform. He wanted to see, can I launch command and control from there? Uh, if I had firewall access that I could allow in from somebody's firewall and maybe they don't know about it. You might even have one of those all-in-one printers at your house. And then your um, ISP came in and um, set up your wireless or your internet and you know basic tech that he didn't or she didn't really know how to lock things down. That that little all-in-one jobber could be just enough because those things have small web interfaces and a little bit of storage space, and that could be just enough. And where your home printer be a beacon for one of these malware attacks or for a denial of service attack so you know it, it's not just for um for businesses um at home you you kind of need to know what you got and you need to pay attention and learn and if you don't know you need to either find somebody in your family or friends circle that does know or i guess bite the bullet and hire somebody just come out and take a quick look you know or have them remote in and do the, the job uh, although remote service support, if you don't know the people, could be equally as dangerous because there are times, and, and unfortunately many of them, that these remote services companies are actually dropping malware or trackers or others inside your network so that they have a reason to, uh, to make you want to call them again, right, and spend more money. So you even have to be kind of um, picky about who you let remote in under that uh, Hospice, anyway. So, all right. So that's what I got. That's uh, that's today. Um, that's my review. So, yes, we could deep dive into every DefCon uh, presentation that I went to. We could deep dive into uh, some of the capture the flag stuff that I observed. I did get to uh, go against the the car hacking village and hack a few things to see what uh, accesses I could gain. Um, they had some actual instructions, so if you kind of got stuck, there was some written documentation where it would help you uh, achieve some particular goal. And since at the time I did not have a wide range of car hacking experience, I certainly uh, availed myself of those uh, instructions to help guide me and get me going. Um, but I can honestly and proudly say that once I got going and I understood the direction it was taking me, I was able to figure it out the rest of the way myself and uh, achieve a few of the flags per se so it was fun i had a great opportunity i got to spend time with cisco up at um um the blue village and uh our blue team village and uh see what they were doing on the umbrella and amp side of the world and uh, i did go over and look a little bit on the dark side at the red team village although i can tell you there was a line for days you were going to sit for quite some time in line to get into the uh, red team village. Everybody wants to be a, t a hacker. Nobody wants to be a defender. So uh, blue team village did not have a line, but it was, you know, fully fully busy. Um, but the red team village was packed and had a line. So shame on you people for only wanting to be bad guys. Um, but no, all joking aside, very uh, great great job by uh, the people putting those different villages on hardware hacking village of course is always a great thing lockpick villages going on um the um strips uh, like tape um, um what they call that uh, tampering village was uh, a great thing again you had uh 
biohacking. You had a drone village. Uh, man, the aviation village this year um, was awesome. They had an F-35 flight simulator there, and uh, they had some other stuff there that you could kind of watch. And then there was a team, a group uh, that was there, and they had live uh, hacking thing going on via remote uh, video that you could watch that um, they were doing a true pen test against a uh, Department of Defense box that clones data from uh, fighter jets. When these jets land, the pilots have to take the hard drives out and they clone the data from A to B and then the drives get erased and they can start all over for their next mission. Then the data gets uploaded to some other magical location. So the actual device that does this cloning and uploading um, this organization had been hired to do a pen test against that device and um, so you could watch those people you can only watch there was no sound um, and you couldn't really see what they were doing but the fact you could see the fact that they were doing something and uh, the device itself was right there in front of you on a table for demonstration and some folks were there answering questions so that was fun too um, so aviation you know we've heard about planes possibly being hacked and things and well, here they were right in front of our face doing the work. So, great job for them, too. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I got. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, make sure you go listen to some of the interviews that I did with uh, Bug Crowd, with uh, Gabrielle, um, with a few others. And I've got more great interviews lined up over the coming weeks. Um, we're going to be talking to... Another uh, person, Cesar, who uh, was part of the knock at Black Hat. We'll talk about the experiences and some of the stuff he saw going on for the week. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, the CEO from Cybrary, the online learning uh, platform that uh, many of us are f- way familiar with. I studied for my CISSP using uh, Kelly Handerhand video from that site. Um, I've got some other great folks coming to, uh, folks that did the VetCon at DEFCON. So VetCon was kind of a one-day thing um, for veterans, right, to either get employed, stay employed, become better educated, whatever the case needed to be. Um, They were out there reaching out to vets. So we're going to bring those guys on the air with us here shortly, too. And then uh, I'm actually going to be bringing Gabrielle back, um, and we're going to be talking about... um, a sock, uh, putting a sock together, not the sock on your feet, but a security operations center. One of uh, one of my Twitter followers commented on another interview about why didn't uh, she bring up, you know, or why what could she not why, but could she uh, talk about the things that she wished she knew when building a, a sock from the ground up, and uh, that's a great topic. So we're going to be doing that here in just a week with uh, Gabrielle or two i need to have she needs to have time to actually do her regular job and to uh, kind of put her thoughts together to talk about it intelligently so um yeah so gabrielle will be back for those of you that liked my first interview with her uh you'll have her for an hour so make sure that you are looking out for that one and uh follow me at byos radio on twitter you can find me on facebook under the same name and uh you can go out to um iHeartRadio. Um, my name is Dave, the IT guy. You can find me if you look for that on iHeartRadio. You can go out to uh, almost any podcasting 
and find either Dave the IT guy or BYOS radio. Bring your own security radio. You can uh, even grab me up off of um, Spotify and iTunes or you know Apple Music, uh, Google Music, and all the other great places that you like podcasts. So thanks for tuning in. I am Dave the IT guy. Until next week, take care of yourself.